Season 3, Episode 3 of the Burning Life Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the people that pursue them. In this week's episode, we once again chat to Craig and Christine Woodhouse, who along with their children, Wren and Finn, did a big year as a family around South Africa in 2021. Their story was one of the feel-good stories of the year, with many people following their African adventure. They traveled the length and the breadth of the country. So in this week's episode, I asked them to tell us their five favorite birding destinations in the country. This is a great chat with an amazing couple. Be sure to visit the Birding Life's online store. We sell books, merchandise, accommodation, and all the best titles at the best prices. There is a link to the shop in the notes to the show. So let's get into today's episode. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lesser Bird Logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously where to find amazing birds. Check out our website at www.thebirdinglife.com, our YouTube channel, our various social media platforms, as well as the other podcasts we host. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to help others find the show. So let us get into this week's episode of the Birding Life Podcast. So Craig and Christine, welcome back to the Burnout Podcast. We were saying just before we started this that the first time I chatted to you guys was all the way back in December 2022, 702 birds later, I get to chat to you guys again. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, a lot's happened since that that evening chat in 2020, eh? (laughs) I just thought it's quite crazy, you know, like just at the moment, the new season of Dexter has gone onto DSTV um, and the fact that you guys are still both alive is good. None of you are wrapped in plastic or anything. So well done. You guys have both survived. Your marriage has survived. Yeah. The kids are all alive. I hope. I mean, I don't see the kids at the moment, but I hope the kids have all survived. But well done. No, that's the thing here. We, we somehow made it to the end, 702 birds later. And um, I think probably closer than ever, which is, is pretty much a miracle on what our main target was. You know, what was interesting was... When I chatted to you guys in December, we chatted in Mamazon Toti at a little pond, which we were trying to get ready to quellia and a couple of other species. And I asked you guys what your target wa- was for the year. And I think, Craig, you didn't really have an answer. I don't know if you were scared to say what your goal was. Off the goal kind of evolved as the year went by. When did that 700 number come into play? And how did you come up with that 700 number? Yeah, you know, as we're saying, we, we did a lot of prep work beforehand in terms of what an actual feasible total would look like. You know, given the limited hard pushes for a South Africa big year, we just kind of went through old bird lasser, you know, the trip challenges and, and what would be in terms of distribution later, what will be on offer. And I think we, we came with the best was like, I think it was like 691 or 692 
And we thought it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't sound as zazzy. So we thought like, let's put it to 700. Mm. But because that was such a sort of ridiculous number in our minds, we said that at the, at the start, our main goal was to be birding happily. I think we said it that first, happily together as a family on the 31st of December. And so that was kind of our focus at the start mm. was just really enjoying ourselves, enjoying the experience with the kids, because it would be something that we realistically wouldn't do ever again you know, on a scale like that. And as a family, it made it really special. I think also more and more people asked us what our target was. So initially, we we had discussed 700, but we hadn't even said it, you know, in terms of our social media or anything like that. We were like, oh, okay, that's that's a pretty good target, but we didn't focus on it at all. We kind of focused on what we had to do at the time, which was like basically totally overwhelming. And <laughs> so thinking of 700 would have overwhelmed us even more. So um, as people started asking more and more, I actually remember we did a post, I think it was in January or February. Um, and we, we were actually in Kruger, so it must have been Feb, March. Yeah, yeah. And we actually did it about the magic number because we had had so many questions. Mm. Um, and that's when we kind of committed to, this is the almost crazy magic number of 700 and if we get there we get there if we don't we won't be crazy disappointed because we would have been birding and on the 31st of december that was the most important thing what did that preparation process look like Uh, i know i know christine you were telling me the the hard work that craig puts in and i know there was a social media post where you guys were somewhere and you were probably chilling relaxing and reading and Craig was on his laptop doing a whole lot of research. What did that what did that preparation process look like? Because, you know, maybe people don't want to do a big year on the scale that you guys have done it. But for a lot of people, they, you know, might do a big year while they while they're working or just carrying out normal life. And, you know, we all want to get our lists up. What what practical advice could you you guys give from people that have got that seven hundred mark? I think that the two things a big part of our prep at the start was just Sabap data, just just hours and hours of searching sort of pen tads and whatnot. And, and just in terms of seeing which areas would be hotspots, you know, I think we've got such fantastic resources available in terms of the literature, but just to get that live data, you know, as it was, was, was really helpful. I mean, it did take a lot, a lot of time. I think we started the prep realistically in, in April, 2020. So, I mean, it was, it was quite a, a huge push. Um, in terms of the amount of data mm-hmm. we have to go through. But I think the main one for us was just communicate. We couldn't believe the amount of people who had either insane spots for tricky birds or just was like really happy to to help out in terms of birding routes that they know, you know, as KZN birders who we had never birded together, um, like the Northern Cape. And, and it was pretty daunting for us in the planning process. But people just came forward and said, this was a good road, that's a good road. So just... To not be shy, and I think that's mm-hmm. we we really were at the start, kind of reserved and thought, you know, is anyone going to be able to to all if people reach out to us? Is a bit nerve wracking, but just I think just open and and just mm-hmm. asking for help. There are so there are so many birders out there who are so keen to just share their time and and areas. Yeah, we were really unconnected people. We always say it, and we became very connected to people actually through their kindness. And I think. Also, just being a family, people really wanted to help us along um, because we had lots on the go. So um, I think actually majority of the bird guides and people who took us around actually reached out to us, which was yeah. amazing. No, very, very well. Um, but I have to say the planning was crazy. Craig, he hasn't, the whole of last year, you didn't really take a break from planning. Every single 
morning to evening he would have I don't know how many messages trying to organize events or um you know a specific coordinates or um time frames or whatever it was he was absolutely totally invested in this planning the big year although when we think back to our first trip to Mkuzi we often laugh about it because we kind of went with a target list Mkuzi is one of our favorite places but we we had to go back so many times because we just didn't do that first trip well I mean we 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 really didn't and we we often laugh about it we didn't have certain birds on our target list we kind of went went out and just said okay what we see today we see today but that was starting at zero so it was quite quite hectic mm. um that first trip i must say one thing that i was very impressed with you which i didn't think you would be able to keep up with was your social media you guys were fantastic and not just taking a picture of a bird, but your write-ups were really, like, really great. I actually had someone who was just saying, you know, the style of writing, you guys you guys have got the style of writing where it wasn't just about the bird, but you're almost able to immerse people in the experience that you, that you guys had. And Craig, your photography was also, like, next level. I love your photography. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. But I must say that the social media was was all seen. I must say that, well, no, no, settle down, settle down. It was really, it was a massive, massive task. And again, the planning was one thing, but to be able to have the opportunity to give people that immersive experience came at quite a big cost for Christine in terms of, you know, you're burning hard in the days and now in the evenings, you know, you've got to keep it up because then you start falling behind. And and her, the way that she conveyed our experiences was to to the to the T, you know. I mean, even reading it now, it's it's amazing. So yeah, that was really a, quite a quite a phenomenal achievement in itself. No, it's actually really fun, and it still is fun because it's something that we both have never done before. <clears throat> so it was a great opportunity to learn something new. And one of our biggest things is, you know, it's great to give everyone else that experience, but we really also want to document it for ourselves because we didn't have the time to write in journals or. I mean, I often said, oh, I wish we could be de- doing daily journals. I mean, like, okay, let's be realistic. There's no way that we can, you know, 24-7 parent without TVs or screen times or any babysitters or anything like that and be able to journal. But the social media, we've got our whole year documented, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and then we had a lot of people who just gave us a lot of encouragement over the years. So it was great because you got to meet people through our stories and um, a lot of South Africans who aren't in South Africa at the moment just really lived vicariously through our trip, which was very special for us. So when's the book coming out? <laughs> yeah, so we're very excited about the, the concept of making a book. Uh, I can't say that we've started any of the plans yet. we kind of still debriefing after um, yeah the crazy craziness of last year. but. Yeah, I think we've got a few ideas in the yeah. pipeline yeah. and it's something that I think would be a great project for us together and then also for other people that a lot of people are interested. So, yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely it's definitely something on the cards but more in the in kind of inception phase right now what style we're going to go for and um, yeah, well, I think once we commit to it it's going to be quite a commitment. So, yeah. like Steen mm-hmm. says, it's been what are we now on the 13th of Jan. It's been a bit of like a debrief time almost it's strange in the evenings and weekends now, you know, not having numbers running through your mind or, you know. <laughs> well, Craig says that and we've already on, 
we are already on 703 and we're going to, to do a Twitch this weekend. So, I mean, really, it's, it's not like we've just been relaxing and not birding. What I've asked Craig and Christine to tell us, uh, South Africa is this fantastic birding destination. It's always amazing how people always want to plan these trips and there's nothing like doing a birding trip. But I think our country is just absolutely fantastic in terms of birding. And I've asked Craig and Christine just to, you know, as they've traveled, you know, the length and the breadth of South Africa to let us, to tell us their five favorite birding locations. And I've said they're allowed to mention lodges, if they're lodges, people they want to mention, birds, and to the best of their ability, just to mention the five, their five favorite places. And this might, you know, give some South Africans some ideas of places to plan to go and bird, or it might also give some people from overseas uh, the opportunity to plan a fantastic trip because I don't think there's many many better birding destinations than our beautiful country. So uh, yeah, your let's start with your destination that is your fifth favorite birding destination in South Africa. So we, we thought on from this side we were going to do it from the basis of not only birding but also with a family in mind because that's really something which we were able to to kind of sample firsthand. Uh, obviously some areas which which might be you know very special for birding might not be the most child friendly in terms of environments. So we've come around with our top five. So number five for us was Vakastrum. There's just there is something about about it, and we actually went back now from the first to the fourth of of January this year. We we spent a few days birding around there, and for us, I think we said it when we arrived. It's one of those places that when you drive in, you just get like this buzzing feeling, you know that 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 something there's going to be something, there's something's going to happen, you know. And just from the most incredible wetland systems within the town, and it's, it's such an amazing little town as well. Through then to these incredible incredible grasslands with some amazing you know special birds rudds rudds lark woods lark rock pipits and and it's just you kind of feel like you're in a completely different world yeah it's also very it's such a cute little small town that is set in like a birder's paradise so it, it, it makes for a really nice holiday destination as well as an awesome birding destination it's incredibly um yeah, diverse from the grasslands to the wetlands. And, you know, we, we were saying, I mean, you you go to bed with the sound of African rails calling and you wake up to... Um, fluff tails. Fluff yeah. tails and all sorts. So, yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, and this time around we had a chance to camp at, at BirdLife South Africa's centre there, which is, I mean, you're, you're pretty much camping on the edge of the wetland system there. And it was just so special. And, again, when, you, when you're camping, I mean, an area like that, the kids can just, just run amok, really. Um, so they had the best time of building thick forts and tents and whatnot. And so we were able to, again, also from a from a parent side, being able to happily bird in grasslands with, you know, the kids can be plodding around. It's not a particularly busy area. So it does give both of us a bit of freedom and for us to bird as parents and also for the kids just to just enjoy nature. You know, so it's 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 a really, really stunning spot. And, yeah, it, it, it has it's got to be on our top five. Yeah. I think what's amazing about Vakastrum for people that haven't been there, I, I went and birded there and, you know, before I went, they kind of told me that there's no spa there. So if you're in South Africa, every town has a spa and Vakastrum has no spa. And what was quite interesting was if you want to buy a loaf of bread, there's a bakery. And then if you want to buy meat, there's a butchery. And everyone has these little, every every shop's like separate. And, you know, we went out the one night, we went out, we thought we'll go down to the wetland. We wanted to get, uh, you know, uh, get some species. And we drove around, it was like eight o'clock, half past eight early. And 
the whole town was pitch black. Everyone was in bed already. And it's like so different to anywhere else in South Africa. No, absolutely. Um, we actually have a funny story because the first time we went to Vakostrum, Finn, you know, he had just turned two and so he was still little. And we had no idea that Vakostrum was such a small town without a spa or a checkers or a boxer even. I mean, there literally is no shop unless you go to one of those stores. And, you know, the general things, everybody goes to the, the town next door. Yeah, you know, I think it's full tourist. Full tourist yeah. So um, we were on a hectic schedule. We were literally birding. I think we did two and a half days with um, Lucky and Gwenio, a community bird guide there. And so we were booked like six to six kind of thing. And we had run out of nappies for Finn. And so we arrived at Vakastrum with like two nappies left thinking, oh, it's a town. Everyone talks about Vakastrum. We'll be okay. And we searched and searched and searched. And we landed up finding this like kind of odd little side alley shop <laughs> with I don't know what kind of nappies I've never seen them in my life before and they were like two sizes too small and anyway it was it brought us a lot of memories going back there and we like definitely had wipes and nappies and everything that we needed this time. <laughs> we always when I chat to Daniel Engelbrecht you've gone birding with him quite a few times we always talk about what is the best pie in South Africa? And I don't know if you guys are pie fans. Have you guys tried some pies? And in your opinion, if you are pie fans, what are some of the best pies that you've tried in South Africa? Because this is like Daniel myself, he says there's this magpie pie up there. He said it's the best. But in my personal opinion, I think it's Windmill down in Moy River. And maybe you guys can tell us what are you what is what 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 do you think is the favorite pie place in South Africa? So we, we're not really pie peeps. Although I've had the windmills one well, yeah. and it was delicious. But um, I can say that the cheesecake is where the, that's where the widow's heart is, is lies. And where did we have a good cheesecake? And mm-hmm. was it in there um, down in the Eastern Cape? The Garden Roots. The Garden Roots. We had, yeah. a, we had a good, che- a really good cheesecake there. We need to try and find out where it was. But that was, that's, we judge an area by the, by the quality of the cheese. Maybe we should start eating pies more often. I agree. So it's almost like like it's almost kid-friendly cheesecake yeah. and then birds. <laughs> okay, let's just say there are not many places that had cheesecake that we visited last year. Yeah, let's let's jump ahead. Your fourth favorite birding destination in South Africa. Okay, so yeah, I must say it's quite difficult to actually find the, the top five. But the next one definitely had to be up there. And that is St. Lucia. Um, St. Lucia and KZN, I mean, it's just up the road from us. But it really still stands out in, in terms of the entire South Africa as an incredible birding destination that brought us such amazing memories every time we go, like birding memories. The bird sightings were just phenomenal. I think it's the habitat diversity there that uh, stood up for Craig and I. So you can go on the Guala Guala trails and you get your, all the forest birds and then you can go to Cape Vidal or you go to the estuary and you get yeah. your waders. And what for us, I mean, yeah, the diversity is crazy. We we were recently camping and I think we just, re- yeah, we did do a post on it uh, with the Narina Trogans. We literally had three Trogans above our tents every night um, or every afternoon flying right yeah. over our heads. It, it was it was really incredible. We and I think we saw about seven Trogans, yeah. different Trogans in two, two, three days. Yeah. So, yeah, the bird diversity was crazy. But then for us as a family, it's just an incredible birding destination for a family because our kids really love the beach. And we could go to K 
Cape Vidal, we went to Main Beach, um, and that was sometimes before or after birding. So your your whole experience in St. Lucia really is an experience. So you can do, you know, you've got the bush, you've got the animals, we saw elephants, we got all that kind of experience. Then you've also got the most incredible beaches that you feel like you are in paradise. And then you've also got the incredible birding, the incredible forests. Yeah, I think it's that balancing it. Like like she was saying now, you know, for us to as, as parents with kids who love the beach, you, know, you throw them on the beach for a couple of hours in the morning, they lose their mind. And they're then super happy. You know, we could go to do birding in late afternoon in the evening and go walk those trails. Now you've got their attention. You know, they've, they've got something in. And that's a play. I mean, then the birding, I mean, you're hitting forests, woodwoods, batters, you're getting, I mean, great cuckoo shrike, you're getting some really special birds. I mean, swamp nightjar is also another really fantastic bird, which, which, which the area offers. Um, and then again, you know, you've got when now at the moment it's completely flooded that estuary, so getting down is a bit tricky. But usually the, the the turn roosts and where the waders are down there, I mean, it's 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 very very special. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We really hope you are enjoying the episode. If you would like to support us and help grow the show, please can we ask that you do two things? Firstly, please share the show on your favorite social media channel. Tell us why you enjoy the show and be sure to tag us in the post. This is one of the best ways to help get the word out about the podcast and bring more exposure to the guests that are featured and the conservation issues that are covered. Secondly, to help us cover the costs and to improve the quality of the show, please can you consider buying us a virtual coffee or two? This is a quick, safe and easy way to contribute to the show. You will find a link for this in the notes of the show. So you kind of touch on there, this idea of, you know, the kids love the beach and you kind of take them to the beach in the morning and then they're happy and you can do a bit more birding later on. You know, how has it been birding with kids? Because I can imagine there have been moments of joy and ecstasy where you probably post that on social media more than the other moments. And then there must have been moments where it wasn't as easy. So what were some of the good things that happened with birding with kids and what were some of the things that were a little bit more challenging? Um, I think definitely, I would say 90% of the time, we're very, very blessed that our kids love the outdoors and they really like birding. So they, they're quite involved in the birding process. But there were some really tough times, I'd say like 10% of the time. I mean, everybody has bad days. And then kids probably have like double the amount of bad days if they wake up or they're grumpy or they haven't slept or we pulled them out of bed at 4 a.m. and they don't feel like going for a walk. I think Craig and I had to suck it up quite a lot and, you know, carry the kids if they didn't want to just to keep them happy, just to keep them them entertained we would always have toys available with us and that meant you know now we're 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 carrying backpacks of toys and it's not comfortable it, it made it sometimes a little bit more trickier but we we did have those moments i would say the northern cape comes to mind where yeah. we had been you know the northern cape was hard and we'd been driving Days on days on days, um, and it's not very entertaining scenery. So <laughs> it's like pretty much consistent the whole day. And the kids, yeah, they did so well. And eventually, I think they were like, oh, you know, they really are over it. And and we were we were down to a couple birds left and, and some serious birding, some intense birding ahead of us for the net, for probably like the next week. Um, and then that was the first time we did pull out some Netflix in the car. And I have to say, Craig and I were like, took a deep breath for the first time in a couple of weeks because we'd been kind of 
been on edge, but you know, you're trying to to bird intensely, parents intensely, and make the experience really enjoyable. So that was quite a relief. And we did it for about a week and we actually never used the phone again. But yeah, music has been a huge thing. They love their music. So, so as long as we've got their songs and yeah, that those are the little tricks that we've used. Yeah, I think again, I've got, I've got to give massive credit because birding on that level for, for even us, you know, we were exhausted. And, you know, you're getting up in summer now. You, you, if you're traveling, you've got to be up at 3.30, you know, 4 o'clock, got to be going. And some places, I mean, it comes to mind, we, we drove, we just arrived, we did four hard days birding in, in Polokwane and then went through up to right up to, to the Zim border to go and try for an outside chance at, at, at Collard Palm Thrush and a few other birds there. And, I mean, we, we, arrived, we drove, it's a hectic road. We drove there with the kids, got there late, late afternoon, set up our tent and immediately did have to do a recce. Now the kids have been in the car and now they have to walk, you know, so we, and then the next and morning, boiling hot and then, mosquitoes and, and the next morning up early targeting these birds. So they, they had to be properly brave and they were, I mean, I, I, I still, They're incredible. I cannot believe that that's, I mean, Finn is to just, I mean, just turned three now and his enthusiasm to still be able to get up and do these things is, is remarkable. So for the bit of time that it was difficult as it was for all of mm. us. Um, I must say we've been extremely blessed to have, like I've seen, the kids who are just happy to be out. Yeah. So they they are just they just love being with. I would with say, out. as I said, about ninety percent of the time they were so motivated, and I really do think it's because they it became a way of life. So it didn't feel like just on the weekend we're going out birding. Oh no, I feel like going to see my friend. And um, they're at a great age where they that was their lifestyle, and they absolutely loved it. They've become they still even since we've been home they're outside all day so um yeah it was be it was a really great time of their childhood that i would encourage anyone to give their kids so yeah let's get back to our list the third top birding destination for you guys in south africa all right so we cheated a bit here and we made th- we made third two because <laughs> well, they, tie. they tie they tie these were two the first is west coast national park it is again it's one of those places where if you scan hard enough you're going to find something magic. And I mean, yeah, just, it's such an incredibly beautiful area as well. And the hides are, I mean, there's those two really, really fantastic hides there. The kids loved the hides because, I mean, they, they can see the, the larger birds as well, which, which also is great for keeping their attention because trying to decipher, you know, whether you're looking at wide-fronted plovers or, or some of the smaller waders, you know, the kids tend to lose the interest a bit there. But when you got, you know, flamingos walking around in the front of the hide and um, and that really kept them going. So for us, that was a stunning park again and beautiful roads as well. And again, we had the lovely privilege of being able to actually stay in in the reserve um, at, Church, at Church Haven yeah. for a couple of nights, which also, I mean, you're then on, on the lagoon in the first light of the morning. That is yeah. honestly one of the most beautiful places I think I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. So just wonderful, incredible birding. I think everyone, everyone who who has who's birded a bit, who's had a chance to go there, it is one of those places which gives you a real, a real special feeling. And then Khalakhadi was also up there. Um, again, for us, as never being in that area before, it was it's such a mind-altering experience um, going there because of just the vastness of it all. I think that was one thing, but. Once you get your eye in, the birding was sublime. I mean, it really around was. every corner there was something crazy. And it was it was a particularly wet year, so the water holes that weren't as productive. Uh, having chatted to people who've been there, who were there, who've been doing this for a while, but still, for us, just to to see the spectacle 
I mean, of those just birchels in the macro sandgrass in their <laughs> thousands, you know, pluming into these waterholes and raptors mm. around every single mm. corner. You've got just a- amazing. And it's like those classic scenes, you know, the, the lapid face vultures fighting with like there was a, a whirlwind going through in the back with oh, the Kems yeah. Bach and these lapid face having a go at each other. It was just kind of, again, it was one of those things where, yes, it's not the nitty gritty birding, but it's just more that like jaw dropping, beautiful backdrop and just, yeah, just some stunning scenery that you've got to see, you know, and, and yeah. It's almost like when you go to some of the bigger, some of the other reserves where you go to see mammals, you know, hunting and killing or, um, you know, these are crazy elephant interactions or things. You get that with the birds there, which I think is, it's really like spectacular. I think what's, what's interesting is, is the fact that, you know, you've, you've spoken about your, these four places and what's amazing is, is you've spoken about San Lucia, you've spoken about Fakastrum, which is a bit more higher elevation. You've spoken about West Coast National Park, which is arguably one of the best places to see waders in South Africa. And you've spoken about Kalakari, which is obviously very, very different. And what's, what's really amazing about birding in South Africa is that diversity of habitat across our country. 100%. Absolutely. And I think, again, what we really were blessed with with the this, this South Africa big year is that we had time to do these areas. You know, if you're doing a Southern Africa, you, you don't have the time to really want to say, when I say explore, I mean, really immerse yourself in those areas because you've got, I mean, Mozam is massive and it's a really challenging component in the Southern Africa year. You know, you've got Zim, you've got Northern, you know, Northern um, Namibia with Caprivi there. There's a lot of kind of aspects you have to touch where, we got the opportunity of really sampling the diversity of South Africa. Mm-hmm. And it, it there was very few days that we weren't just in awe of what we were seeing because you would drive some days, you know, we'd drive 10 hour days. And in those 10 hours, you're going, like we're saying now, from the Feinbos and that right West Coast National Park up towards Feldriff, which is just spectacular. And then all of a sudden, you're at Port Nollis where everything's changed. You know, like the habitat's changed, the bird diversity's changed. It's just, and you can't believe that it's all the same the same place. You know, another thing you were speaking about the the roads earlier in West Coast National Park, and that's something which is amazing. You guys drove around in a Suzuki Jimny. I don't know how many kilometers you did. And one thing I didn't see is any issues with reliability. And that's that's pretty amazing. You drove around for a full year in this car, and Suzuki's not paying for this, but yeah, it just shows a fantastic vehicle. I drive a Suzuki also, just saying. Yeah, no, we were we were staggered, hey. I mean, James did us he did as well. I think we just did under just under 40,000 Ks in the year. And within that, we had two punctures, of which one was a slow puncture. So, I mean, it, it, the car gave us enough time to get to get sorted. But um, only two punctures is yeah, I mean, phenomenal. It's, it's fantastic. The whole year. And, I mean, it, it is a little Suzuki Jiminy, but we had to, we towed a trailer around with, a, I mean, a decent amount of weight yeah. with roof boxes on the roof. And, I mean, yeah. And it had two services? Yeah, two services, but the shocks, no the shocks are still functioning. So it, it has blown us away. It's definitely, it was the underdog right at the start. Because when we told people we were going to travel South Africa with two kids for, a, for when I say yeah, around the, the year, um, and everyone was like, yeah, well, you sell the Jimny and you get like a bigger car. And um, I, I was very very um against that and i'm super glad that we stuck by james because what what a machine a lot of people called him cute for like half the year until they realized he's not so cute he's amazing (laughs) the one thing that's interesting is and we spoke about this earlier with your social media posts you had this ability to 
right in such a way that you immerse people in your experiences. And, and you know, I can see that you guys, although you were going after a number, you still were able to take in the experiences. And how did you get that right? Because, you know, what I find with some people when they're doing a big year, and I've read books, Noah, Noah Stricker, and these guys have done it, it's almost like you're rushing from one bird to the next. And, you know, sometimes in that pursuit of the next bird, you miss an experience with the current bird. And how did you manage to to get that balance? And maybe part of that balance was because you had kids. Absolutely. I would actually say there's two things. I think definitely the kids made us slow down. So we often had to take, we would never camp under two nights. So, you know, you have to book a couple nights of camping. Um, and then we'd also had a bucket list that we'd always wanted to, you know, tick off. So I would say definitely the kids made us slow down, but also we had a bucket list that we hadn't seen the Kalahari. We hadn't um, explored the Northern Cape. We hadn't done so much in South Africa that we had been wanting to do for the last 16 years that we've been together. And suddenly we had this opportunity. And so that's why we kind of planned our year that we were going to experience the things that we wanted to experience. Uh, whilst birding and it somehow worked so well and I think also our social media really helped us do that as well because we wanted to you know also to, to document these different areas that we thought well this is an experience of a lifetime we want to share it so we would go and do a, you know a certain special road that we'd heard about even if we didn't have to but we wanted to make the most of the experience and it, it also helped to make those stories that 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 you read up on because we did experience those and they just felt, we felt in awe all the time because we'd always wanted to do it. The other question is, is that I know it's one of those definitions, but when I first met you guys, you know, I've met a lot of really intense birders, which are awesome. I love the fact that different people do birding in a different way. But when I first chatted to you guys in January, it didn't come across that you guys were crazy birders it almost came across as you you love birds you were probably maybe bird watchers as opposed to these birders and I don't know if that's true but it almost you know you did all this preparation maybe that also might have shaped the way you approached this year that you weren't these guys that were twitching every single species before this and this year was a bit different but because you went in a bit differently maybe you also saw things a bit differently yeah, no, for sure. I'm, we we said it. We've said it countless times this year. We thought we really did. We thought we were birders <laughs> until until the start this year. Until we really opened up the can of worms that is birding in South Africa. I mean, the community is amazing because we. I mean, we've met. A, a, I mean, a massive, massive portion of birders in, in South Africa, and everyone's got their own personal ways of doing things and how they go about it. And I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. We enjoyed birding. We did. We really enjoyed birding. I mean, I've been birding since five. It's always been something I've enjoyed, and we did it since we married together. But we didn't realize the depths that it went to. And I mean, it, I mean, it really and truly, we didn't. Which I think, again, we were almost naive when we started this year. You know, we did a lot of prep, and I think we understood the task at hand. But we didn't realize how many people had maybe better ways of doing things, but just the efficiency of some of these people. All the intensity. The intensity. Yeah. I think one thing, and he won't mind me mentioning it, but it was, I've, I've never seen planning of Joe Barmer. My man, this guy, the, when we arrived, he said he was going to help us out with some birding, invite us to his his house, let us stay. I mean, having the kids over is insane. And we arrived there, like had a literally the most magnificent Excel spreadsheet. I've got like a bit of OCD when it comes to things. 
it was like it rated each bird in terms of how difficult it would be to see that bird on like a color scale. And it was just magnificent. But this is someone who's not, he's not particularly doing a South Africa big year, but just the way that he approached things. And it was just fantastic to see that that's his style. And we've seen other people who kind of more habitat based, you know, they just go and Google Earth imagery, everything, aerial imagery, until they find a place they think is going to be a good spot to bird. So, but somebody like Joe is great to have on your side because what, we became really good friends with him. And, um, you know, with his, with his knowledge of birding in South Africa, he was able to support us in our big year, like on another level. Yeah. So I think we've also grown as birders a lot. Craig's always been an incredible birder. I started out, I mean, I can't even compare how much I know now to then. Um, There was often times of being very overwhelmed going into a province I'd never birded in before. But um, it's been an, it was an incredible year of growth in so many different avenues. So, you know, what I'm interested in is I think everybody defines you guys as the widow's family who did the uh, birding big year. And we spoke about your careers before and what you do for work and that kind of thing. But besides being the family that did a big year, who are you guys? You know, I know this is kind of late in the podcast, but what are some interests that you have outside of birding? You know, you're speaking about the music that kids listen to. Like, you know, who are you guys? You know, like besides being crazy birders now? Um. Well, I guess maybe I can uh, tell you a bit about Craig. He's a bit of a crazy ecologist. He loves all things wildlife, um, anything nature-based. So, I mean, his hobbies, I've always said he's had a million hobbies and I have had like none. (laughs) I'm like, you know, the mom um, and he was, you know, he knows his snakes, he knows his bats, he knows his frogs, he knows basically everything in terms of um, ecology and those, that's his biggest hobby. He's also a very avid rugby fan, so he's quite scary when he watches the box play. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, it's all about Christine then. Christine is, is the, I think, a out of my league is is an understatement, but (laughs) just like such a loving, compassionate person. um, And I think that reflects so well in, in her career, you know, as an occupational therapist, she dedicates herself to a point of, of yeah, is, is is insane to see what she does, and it, it blows me away every single day. And in terms of her her hobbies, it's definitely spends um. a lot of time at the shops. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I'm not a girl's girl, that's for sure. <laughs> I think the thing which which is is been a kind of a key for us is that we've always tried to do things whether it's been hobbies and that together and, and again, including the kids in that. Mm. So try and instead of it, you know, on weekends, us branching and doing something different to the kids, you've tried to always do that together as a family, which has been a really, a really special um, event. And it was an amazing prep, if I can call it that, for mm. a big year because we were so comfortable in each other's space. Yeah. Um, and I think holidays yeah. is also one of our biggest hobbies is, is traveling in South Africa. Um, we did, did a lot of things in KZD and a lot of trips, um, weekend trips, definitely outdoors, camping, that kind of thing. So and we've always had similar interests. And this is the first time we've actually mm. done something completely together yeah. in terms of like a project. Um, and it's been amazing learning, you know, each other's strengths, weaknesses, how we yeah. can support each other. It's been very special. This is trying This is trying a feature that I've never tried on a podcast. Lucky this is why we're not live. So, so. First time I've tried that on the podcast. So. In first place, 
what is your favorite birding destination in South Africa? So it, it has to be, and it is, I think we, it, it has to be number one. And that is, it's Northern Kruger. It is, it is just that, that, that once you enter Pafuri gates, that top section there, it's anyone's game. It really is. It's like paradise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we went there. We were lucky enough to go there at the, the start of the year, for early Feb. Um, we went through and, and we were able to camp for, for four nights at, at Punda Maria Rest Camp, which was amazing because you just we just spent all day, you know, up on those northern roads. It's such a such a special area. And the fact that it was so quiet. Uh, again, for us, it, I often I often complain about it. But you know, some roads you park and the second you want an idea bird, there's like just cars. You know, if you're in a national park or if you're in, you know, not a back road, just cars come past and it can be very irritating. Um, whereas that you almost feel like you are you've got the place to yourself. So we had an amazing opportunity to to bird there, um, and then yeah, we've we're so blessed with our, our social media that we got uh, we're able to reach out, um, and we had we were hosted at um, Pulse Post at the uh, Outpost, which was well, that was in October, and again, I mean that was just to be able to uh, I mean the one night we were sitting there on the deck and we had Pulse fishing owl booming down below us you know we heard this this bird calling for a, about half an hour and i mean we drove those back back roads of the makuleki concession because obviously now you you got access to those roads so i mean it was wonderful experiences there we um, had we yeah. had that one one game drive where we saw multiple of all five of our northern kruger targets yeah. it was remember we, yeah, had, we had like dickinson's kestrel senegal's chat Bohm spine tail, um, white breasted cuckoo strike. I mean, it was just, it was just a place that we, you know, you can't get enough of. You really can't. And yes, it doesn't. I mean, a lot of, um, it doesn't have the the big general game that everyone's looking for. From from, a, but from a birding perspective, you can't beat it. And from just the the beauty of it. Mm. I mean, those baobabs. I mean, the kids love baobabs, so they were in heaven there because it's just such a magical spot. And I mean, great places to to get out. There's amazing picnic spots down the Vuwa River, which you know, lovely spots for the kids to take a bit of time off. And you're always you, at the northern Kruger. You're quite close to amenities. When I say amenities, things like little picnic spots and places to stop. So yeah, it was. I must just... say, whenever we arrive in Kruger, us as a family, we just seem to to gel on another level. The kids are the happiest. We're our happiest, and. I think we almost feel like we're in a bit of wild Africa, which I think is where where our hearts lie. So it's like the closest that we got to really that wild Africa feeling in some of the in some of the Northern Kruger spots. So, um, but I just wanted to add that Northern Kruger was definitely number one, but almost like to an, add an, on an to that mention. is an honourable mention would be the entire Limpopo province. It was a very special place for us. Um, our favorite birding happened in Limpopo. Yeah. And Polokwane, that tiny little town, <laughs> which we'd never been to before, was, and basically all the surrounding areas of Polokwane within, a, you know, an hour or two, provided, I think we counted, it was like 50 birds or so. Yeah. 50, of, 50, one, 50 of some of our hardest birds we took there. I mean, that was Warbler City now in, in December. Yeah. It really was. I mean, and crepes. To, to, to have an opportunity of, of getting a tree and garden warbler and then, you know, thrush nightingale. It's some really tricky birds 
which which this area has just got such a, a an incredible diversity around me. Short toed lark at your disposal there, and and just such a wonderful wonderful place. So it has to get an honourable mention. It, it really must. Yeah, I'm getting our 700 in Polokwane town was actually very special. And sharing it with mm. Daniel Engelbeck, who um, has become, I think, like the the fifth member of the Widows Clan. It was an incredible moment in a very special place. And then one of the things that you said that you wanted to do this year was to raise awareness around the community, the BirdLife South Africa community guides. Um, how has that gone? Yeah, I think we we were really we were really kind of taken aback by the, the how cool these guides are, just in terms of um, how willing they were not only to share their time with us but their stories. And we said it multiple times. You know, you'd you'd ask them a semi personal question. And you would get this this amazing response of 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 how their their, their lives and and how they've got into birding, and so that was that gives you an amazing insight um, into their lives and and just how well they they knew the areas for us was something that was out of this world. It really was. It's like birding on a, on a different level. I think the awareness went pretty well. Um, I think a lot of people had actually who had asked us um, had booked with the community bird guards, which was amazing because especially during this time where foreigners are not around, you know, they do need to be supported by South Africans. And um, it was really great to hear that some of the people who follow us, our journey had also booked with the same community bird guides. And we also just want to say a, a shout out to everybody and, and a huge thank you to everybody who supported our fund um, and raising funds to be able to train more guides. Uh, we'd love to see more community bird guides in the Northern Cape. Um, yeah, that would be incredible because there really is no, there are none. So um, it's just it would be yeah. so amazing and to we're, see. We we're saying it's definitely something that that's not just going to end in uh, with this with this year. Now it's, it's something that we we're definitely going to still work in raising more awareness for these guides. Just because we actually ended up being quite good friends with them again. Now we we're saying mm. we're in Vakastrum now. And, I mean, there was no. No, no need to target any birds. But when we're there, you're like, you have to go birding with Lucky and Gwen. I mean, so we got, managed to spend a morning with him. It was just amazing because it became good mates. I mean, we haven't chatted to him in a long time. And then he was like picking up where we left off. You know, he was happy to see the kids. And the kids were so, we said we were going to see Lucky. They were so excited. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, really, really special. Mm. And then lastly, you finished your big yet. What's lying forward? What does 2022 look like? What are some plans you have going forward? So definitely this obviously the year has changed our lives in so many different ways and um, but one of the biggest things I think for us is we've created something new and something exciting and the only way to really sum it up is that we feel like um, birding as a family has been one of the one of the big things that we've wanted to kind of promote and that has been our highlight of the year in terms of experiences so we are definitely going to be continuing our social media and sharing our journey as a family as we build our life list. So we've got a few um, plans um, over this year that we'll, you know, slowly start chipping away at. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have a new name, um, a kind of a new feel, um, and we're going to continue just sharing those experiences that I think have brought a lot of people joy, which um, it's brought us you know immense joy and i think it's it's been great to share that so we're going to continue that yeah so we were continuing what we're calling our family list now you know, 702 and we had a, a chance this weekend where we were able to get to uh, catch up with that eurasian oyster catch at him with the kids as well so it's great a lot of 
continuing to build up that that South African family list and hopefully as well be able to pop into into the sub-region maybe later on in the year because there's just some amazing places. But yeah, like Christine said, really just promoting this family birding. It wasn't just a year. That birding has now really become something that we get such joy out of as a family. So it's yeah, I that think we it's a part of the Woodis family yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. We'll be pursuing it. Yeah, but I just want to say thank you for all the inspiration. I think 2020 and 2021 were difficult years and it's been awesome to you know just have some good news in the midst of all the challenges that there's been. So thank you for all that you guys have done. And it's been really cool chatting to you guys and again, getting to know you guys. Looking forward to do some, doing some birding with you guys soon. Thank, thank you. Thank Thanks. you so much for all the support, Adam. Yeah, you guys have been really amazing and, and it's been wonderful. Wonderful getting to know you more. And yeah, I think there's definitely more more birding ahead for us. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books Online Store to help get all the best birding and nature books into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link either in the comment section of this podcast or our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Don't forget to follow The Birding Life on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Bird Lesser and download the app on either iOS or Android. And keep a lifeless while playing your part in social conservation, as well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.